Tennessee Titans talk. Fellas, the third installment of our mock draft. Take us a while to get through it, but it's been a blast. How does it feel to be a little more than a day from the 2020 NFL draft? It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> We're there, and tomorrow, lives of 32 kids are going to change. And Yeah, it's about 30 hours away, but who's counting outside of me? Guys, let's start where we left off at 25. Minnesota Vikings have two picks in the first round. That's super exciting for a fan base, as we remember from 2017. Where do you think they head with this pick? We'll start with you, Landon. So I have them taking Jeff Gladney, cornerback, with their first rounder. And here I see them going a bit off the beaten path. Have them taking Cesar Ruiz, the top interior lineman in this draft. They cut Josh Klein, who is their best interior lineman, for injury concerns. So they have to replace him. Garrett Bradbury was decent as a rookie, but you want to beef up the interior, especially with how much they rely on Dalvin Cook. They get the best guy at his position in the draft. It's a safe pick in the back half of the first. Big fella, I have Gladney off the board at this point, and we know their big needs are a wide receiver and corner, but it just seems to me like they would pray Epinesa would be there. He just seems like a fit for them. They need to replace some guys they've lost the free agency on the on the defensive line. This is what makes me think Epinesa won't be there for us at 29. Where, where do you think Minnesota goes? A pretty similar thought strategy to you. I have them taking Gladney at 22, so just a couple picks earlier. So, yeah, he's off the board for me. A guy that I have them picking, you know, same needs, I have them taking Zach Vaughn out of Wisconsin. I think regional bias, and I think having a guy, you know, close to home is going to make a little bit of a difference from them. And we've seen a lot of a lot of great edge rushers come out of Wisconsin. So I think that tradition continues. I think Vaughn is pretty versatile, and he can give them a lot of what they need, and he can move around as they need. A pass rusher is definitely what they're going to look for. And that's the guy I think with, you know, I, I didn't do this biased, but I'm hoping AJ Epinesa makes it to us, you know, kind of on that the other end of that coin. I'd be surprised if we don't see corner, edge rusher, or wide receiver. And I think they might wait a little bit on wide receiver because I think their theory is they've got Thielen. And yeah, I mean, we don't, they don't have a lot of depth beyond that, but I think they're going to toughen up. And I, I look uh, for them to go. Epinesa here. The Dolphins at 26. The third time we'll see them if uh, they don't trade out or, 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 or trade up, as it were. Dolphins are an interesting team just because we talked before they're going to be the team to watch this weekend, not because they've been interesting on the field, just because they got so many picks. John, who do you like for them at 26? Pick five, I had them taking two, and pick 18, I had them taking Lucas Niang. I have them taking another offensive lineman. I have them taking Cesar Ruiz out of, out of Michigan. I think them plugging up that offensive line is something that they're going to need to do to protect their quarterback of the future. They traded away Laramie Tunsil. They've literally had a bunch of people rotating in and out on the offensive line for years. So I think nailing two first-round offensive linemen in this draft is something that's going to solidify them for a while to come and, you know, protect their young quarterback. Landon, I think they're going to take the top defensive player on their board. Uh, I have them going tackle and quarterback in the first two picks. Who do you like for Miami at 26? Well, I've mocked them too and Henry Ruggs. So I feel like they have to go offensive line here. And the best guy on the board is Josh Jones, a guy I considered at 18. He has upside as a left tackle, can probably start right away. And he and Eric Flowers, if they signed to play a left guard, would shore up the left side of that offensive line before Tua has to go in there and get beat up. Now, John, your point about Ruiz, I think they would uh, jump on him if he's there. Generally, I, I think they would look defense if they go offense. 
a lot of times when we see a team with uh, three picks, they'll look to move that that last one right, just because of just the number of of uh, guys on board. They would love to trade this for a first next year, I would think, just so they. I mean, not that they couldn't use the help, and this is usually about the time where teams can get a pretty good deal, especially this will be their third one to move up for that quarterback. But for me, um, I've already got four quarterbacks off the board. And we have heard trade back, trade back, trade back, even our own fan base so much. But if most people want to trade back, usually hardly anybody does. There has to be a market. If you had to say, though, John, and then I'll ask you, Landon, if we've got four guys off the board, Love, Herbert, Tua, and, of course, Burrow, if there was a fifth quarterback to sneak in between 26 and 31 via trade, who would your best guess be? Uh, that it would. We'll start with you. Jake Fromm has been climbing up a lot of boards recently um, because of all of his, the way he interviews is what I've been reading. And I know a lot of people still like Jalen Hurts and we've internally, the three of us, I kind of, if somebody's going to move up, I see it for being either Hurts or Fromm. I think they're going to just like the bigger production, you know, coming from bigger programs. And I think somebody could move up. Who Who would move up? I'm not really sure. Maybe it's, maybe it's Jacksonville, maybe if the next quarterback were to fall, I think it'd be Hurts or Fromm with my gut leaning towards Hurts. For me, uh, watching a lot of film on Fromm, I like him as a person, but I see him as um, as a day three guy or a round three guy. I think that's a smoke screen to try to get somebody to take him. Easton has the highest upside between those two guys. I really like Hurts as a person, but I just did not see him make all the NFL throws. Yeah, he, he passed a lot better at Oklahoma. But Oklahoma doesn't do a lot of NFL throw stuff. Even with the last two guys to be first-round picks, those guys, you just had to project them because the way Oklahoma does, all those guys are just wide open in space all the time. So I didn't – I would need to see more of him making NFL throws. So I think Hurts is a bit of a smokescreen. But I've been wrong before. For me, and I don't think it's going to happen for either three of these guys, and that's why this trade-back market is not going to be as robust. generally not always fueled by picking that quarterback and getting that fifth-year option, as you've mentioned a lot, Landon. But for me, it would be Eason if it were anybody. I feel like it would have to be Jalen Hurts as the fifth quarterback. All of the respected media members have him a lot higher than I do, and they seem to be more in tune with what NFL teams think. And he offers the best blend of starting ability and upside. He's got a better arm than Fromm, but not as good as Eason. He's the best athlete of the three. Probably the safest to start down the road and be productive with how Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray have kind of set the stage for quarterbacks using their mobility to cover up some of their passing deficiencies. I can see a team falling in love with Hurts' mobility and and that making them not as scared of his passing limitations. My thing is Jalen Hurts is not the athlete those two guys are. He just doesn't have the explosion. He is good. And I'm honestly rooting for him to do well in the NFL. From an evaluation standpoint, uh, I just don't see him at the end of the first, but all it only takes one team. Eason has the body and surprising athleticism. I can see that. At 26, I think Miami's praying for somebody to, to like one of those guys or that Jordan Love would fall. But I just don't I don't see that either, not, not to this point. So at 26, Landon, who do you have? The Seahawks are on the board, and they're always an interesting drafting team. We've seen them reach for need. We've seen them reach for a guard, a corner – and a tackle here in previous years, they love to trade out and trade back, even if they take uh, a lower value. Uh, let's say they stay at this pick based on their needs, John. Where do you think they go here? This one is kind of a toss up. Seattle is one of those teams that 
you know, regardless of needs in other areas, or even if they're bolstered at a position, they still aren't afraid to take a guy. So right now, I currently have Xavier McKinney, safety out of Alabama, slotted to go there, just because I feel like they get a steal and, you know, can recreate the Legion of Boom, you know, (laughs) at this pick. I don't think, I, I mean, we haven't talked about McKinney so far, but... I think it would be a shock if he's still on the board of this at this point, don't you think? I, I have him off my board, and, you know, I'm not real big on safeties, but there's uh, recent history that in the 20s, teams get practical, and especially with a guy that has utility. He can just do a lot of different things, and he's just a tried-and-true football player and a tough guy. Yeah, I think he's off the board here, and I think he has Seattle written all over him, potentially. For me, Landon, I think they, they love a raw guy, and they love potential, and you've seen them – after five years ago trying to be really innovative and it blew up in their face on offensive line, they put a lot of resources there because they're just constantly playing from behind. And the guy needed to play and block for Russell Wilson is a unique athlete for that position. Austin Jackson is, what, not even 21 years old, USC offensive tackle, has all the measurables, has athleticism. He's just raw. He To me, he looks like a, a C- Seattle Seahawk. Do you think he'll – he's rising, supposedly. Do you think he'll be here, Landon? Uh, do you think he'll be a good fit for them? And, and who's your pick? I think this is about the right range for Austin Jackson. He has some issues with play strength because he had to donate bone marrow to his sister, and he slowly worked his way back to health over a full season. They have Dwayne Brown at left tackle, but you need two tackles in the NFL. you got to protect Russell Wilson. So that would make a lot of sense, but with it looking like Jadavion Clowney might not resign there. I don't think he will. Edge rusher becomes a big need. Their defense wasn't that great even with Clowney. Yitor Matos is still on the board out of Penn State. He's got a combination of high floor and high ceiling. He was really productive over the past two years in the Big Ten. And he's got the potential to be a Pro Bowl-level pass rusher. And that fills their biggest need. All right, guys. And it's just desserts, right? It seems fitting that at 28, Baltimore Ravens. Picking right before us. We have had similarish philosophy with this team for two decades or more. So I feel like we're in on a lot of the same players. John, do you have a fear that whoever John Robinson likes is going to be picked here at 28? <laughs> I do. I still have Epines on the board, and I, you know, I don't want to give my hand here on who I think we're going to pick, but think they could swoop in and take a great pass rusher because, you know, what they did, what, what do they always do? They take great players at great positions of need. So I'd be terrified that they can take the guy that I've fallen in love with for our draft pick, A.J. Epinesa, but I don't think they're going to. I think what they're going to do is I think they're going to take a linebacker. They're going to take Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. They're going to rebolster that linebacking core, and he kind of fits a lot of what they want to do and what they've done traditionally. You know, we've seen a lot of linebackers leave the Ravens recently with like guys like C.J. Mosley. Getting that utility player of a linebacker and Kenneth Murray is exactly what they do. They're going to look like they're getting a steal here. Uh, you know, again, at 27, this is kind of this range where some of these top prospects, they're going to be here and they're going to be like, wow, it's a no-brainer. I can't believe we got that kind of a deal on this guy. I think he's a really solid player. He actually kind of re- reminds me of Rashawn Evans a little bit. So, I mean, how we would have loved to take Rashawn Evans at this point. Well, I agree with John that linebacker is their biggest need. But I already have Kenneth Murray off the board. The next guy up is Patrick Queen out of LSU. He really stepped it up down the stretch, especially in the college football playoffs. He offers higher coverage upside than Murray, but his tackling and speed aren't as great. But the Ravens' best off-ball linebacker right now is LJ Ford, I think, and that tells you all you need to know. I think it's a bit of a reach. I don't think Queen is a first-round lock. 
But their inside linebackers are so bad, and their team is so good, they can afford to reach a bit on Queen. I think this team would love to find a replacement for Marshall Yanda. I don't know that he's there. Not a super strong interior offensive line class. I think there's some depth there. What if they went Robert Hunt here? They're not afraid to pick whoever they like. What if they went Robert Hunt and just sealed kind of their biggest need? What they do is totally predicated on above-average blockers, run blockers, and Marsha Yanda is just not going to be replaced by somebody off the street. Uh, there are a lot of interesting uh, guys here. Um, I mean, what if what about John Jonathan Taylor here? Wouldn't that be just off the wall? Um, they're going to surprise us here. I like the idea of a linebacker, but who do they like? Like you, you make a really good point, John, about, you know, they've had success. They know what they're doing. But uh, I'm going to say they might surprise us and go just meet their need regardless. They're going to do Robert Hunt from Louisiana. So uh, We've been doing this to get to this point, 29, our team. Based on who you got on the board, guys, we'll start with you, Lance. I really wanted to go with Noah Igbenogany out of Auburn, the cornerback. I think he offers higher upside than Jalen Johnson out of Utah, another cornerback who I actually have as the pick here. But Igbenogany... He's raw. He's going to need time. He's going to need a couple seasons to develop. And we're in win-now mode right now. We're trying to compete right now. Jalen Johnson doesn't have the upside of Igbenogany, but he can come in right away and start day one. And that fills our biggest need as a guy who can play right away. Jalen Johnson out of Utah. Big fella. My guys I'm picking from, you know, I have Austin Jackson still on the board. He's a candidate. I thankfully have A.J. Epinesa on the board, and he's a candidate. I guess those are really my big my big question marks or my my guys in, in consideration for 29. Just by the nature of this podcast, I've kind of tipped my hat at what I'm going to do here if he's here. I think it's Epinesa all the way. I really, really loved watching tape on this guy, and he's just the player we need. I th- you know, before we had talked about the differences between Epinesa and Gross Matos, and I think Gross Matos, while he's going to be a great player, his speed is what sets him apart from everybody. We already have that with Harold Landry. Epinesa, he is literally a game wrecker. He is he takes on multiple blockers, blows through them, makes huge plays. There were a couple of games where he had multiple big plays. Syracuse, Michigan, you know, this guy can really change a game for us. So I think that's kind of what we want and what we need. So we would have a rotation between Harold Landry and Vic Beasley. I, I just think having those three kind of rotate in and out would be Huge for us. So, yeah, Epinesa is my guy. I would pick Epinesa if he was here. I might pick Jalen Johnson. I want Titans fans to know several names here. Gross Matos is, of course, off my board. We see him mocked a lot. Epinesa, we see him mocked. He's off my board. I just think the position they play is at a premium. I think we'll pick between Jalen Johnson, the cornerback from Utah. Uh, Landon made a really good plug for him. Ross Blaylock, the defensive tackle from TCU. Justin Matabuki, the, the defensive tackle for Texas a we know how much J-Rob loves the defensive line, and I think he's going to find the guy that he really likes here. Matabuki reminds me a bit of Drill Casey because he is not a really tall guy, but, boy, he is a good interior penetrator. Uh, he had 51 pressures in the last two seasons. That's J-Rob-type production. Another guy that is not talked about as much but I think has maybe even a better chance. It's not going to shock me if we take Marlon Davidson the defensive end from Auburn. This guy legitimately could be a 4-3 defensive end, but he's 303 pounds. What about a 3-4 end for us? This guy had seven and a half sacks for Auburn and 48 pressures last. Our biggest need is, uh, is right tackle, right? Josh Jones is here on my board, and we could take Josh Jones. 
But I think we like other guys later on, and I think we could definitely – if somebody drops that's at an offensive tackle, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Other than that, I could see J-Rob liking Landon, me and you especially. I think they might wait. Austin Jackson will be interesting to them. He's not quite that strong, but he's raw. We can handle a project right now. I think Austin Jackson's going to get taken, though. I really do. Just with all the teams that have a need for offensive line. Josh Jones is not a perfect fit for us, but I could see us liking them. But ultimately, and there's other guys we could keep talking. Guys, out of nowhere, tell me what you think. I could see us going Marlon Davidson. What other team would love a 300-pound guy that can really get after you more than that? What do y'all think of that pick? If we didn't have such uncertainty around the cornerback position with Logan Ryan still out there and we're still waiting on Devin Clowney before we make any more free agent moves, I would love Marlon Davidson, but with so much uncertainty and the fact that you need at least three cornerbacks in the NFL, and with Jalen Johnson on the board, I think you just have to go for need just because you can't risk missing out on cornerbacks and then Ty Smith is your cornerback three to start the season. There's no way you can compete if Ty Smith's your cornerback three. That's the thing. Jalen Johnson is pretty ready-made. He's 5'11", 193. Our guys don't have to be huge. He ran a 4'5". This guy on tape really sticks to his receivers. And this played with a a torn right labrum and still played. Broke up 11 passes in the past happy Pac-12. Yeah, he's good. I'm glad we all each had a different pick, but we are going to have a lot of different places, a lot of different places to go here. I generally think defensive line, edge rusher, corner, or right tackle. Guys, as far as positional, any surprises besides those? Could y'all see our our, our pick at 29 coming from a position other than one of those four? I think it's got to be one of those four, one of those positions. Um, another guy that you didn't mention, and Landon, I'm sorry, I don't hope you don't steal your pick here, but Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama, I think he can be a J-Rob kind of guy too. I, I've picked Diggs before on some of our mock stuff. I, I think somebody's going to love love him, J-Rob. He's more toolsy than, than Johnson and way less developed, but I think that's an excellent pick. Our guys, Cheeseheads at 30. They played well. Uh, last year, they they were really active in free agency. They changed coaches. They're one of those teams that I don't see a just obvious need for them. I think they could get younger along the offensive line, and they always look for another receiver. But they seem to, even when they put assets into skill position players, it just seems to, to not work. Uh, the guys that they have that are really good uh, were later in the draft. Devontae Adams, I think, was the second rounder. Based on our board, based on your board, we'll start with you, Landon. Who do you like for for the pack at 30? I have them taking the fifth wide receiver in this mock in Brandon Ayuk. Outside of Devontae Adams, they don't really have an established number two receiver, which you need in today's NFL. Ayuk, a raw route runner, he's not super dynamic in his routes, but you get the ball in his hands, and it's game over for defense. He was one of the top players in college football in yards after the catch per reception. You use him a ton on bubble screens and short routes across the middle, and he's just a safety valve for Aaron Rodgers' second turn. Little plays in the big plays. I think uh, them going for a big-time playmaker was sort of a, a no-brainer, but they don't always do that. John, who do you like for the pack at 30? I have the uh, same kind of philosophy as Landon. Um, I still have Justin Jefferson on my board, and I think they go with him um, to kind of supplement that wide receiver core because, like Landon said, you know, their, their only proven receiver is Devontae Adams. They signed Devin Funches in free agency. You know, they have a championship-caliber quarterback with not many weapons around him. So I think they, they look to rectify that pretty quickly here. 
I could see them going Josh Jones here all day, even if it's not maybe their most immediate need. I think they're thinking future, and they'll take the best player on their board and look for skill position guys a little bit later on. 49ers, their second pick in the first round, picked at 13, now 31, reversing that. Uh, They'll get out of this pick, or they'll pick the best player on their board just as a bonus, right? What do you think, John? I think I think they'll end up staying just because I don't know if yeah I'd like to see them kind of get out of it too if I were them I think they're going to end up staying here earlier I had them take CJ Henderson out of Florida to kind of solidify uh, you know that corner position and I was tempted to take a receiver there but I'm going to get one right here I'm going to take Denzel Mims out of Baylor and I think they're going to have a pretty explosive wide receiver core I mean Mims ran a four three eight he's got thirty eight and a half inch vertical i think san francisco just i would have a tough time passing on him and i have him here too we're together on that one landon what do you think of mims fit there i think it would be ideal what's the chance he's still here and who do you like for san francisco in their second first round pick well the fit makes a lot of sense because he was used pretty much only as a down the field jump ball kind of guy in baylor's offense but obviously he tested well he can take the top off of defenses He's surprisingly agile. He had a 6.663 cone, which was among the best at his position, despite being one of the biggest players at his position. He compliments Zebo Samuel really well. I think come tomorrow, as we're recording this Wednesday afternoon, I think Mims goes before this. He's just so athletically gifted in the teams in the mid-early 20s. There's so many of them could use a receiver, and Mims just has so much upside that I don't think he'll be here, but it would be an obvious pick for them if he were to last this far, and they don't go with receiver with their first pick. And here I have a mock trade. I have Indy trading up. San Francisco doesn't have a second, third, or fourth round pick. They trade back a couple spots. They get a fourth rounder. So Indy can take Jordan Love, who I still have on the board. Indy gets his fifth-year option. They gain more control. Philip Rivers only signed a one-year deal. You groom Jordan Love a year. Year two, he comes in. He's got a great offensive line, hopefully better weapons. And he could be a Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson type where he's the quarterback of the future and he's the fourth quarterback off the board. Lennon, you're 17 years old. I wouldn't be surprised in all honesty if you're in one of these rooms at some point in your lifetime. That makes tons of sense, doesn't it, John? Well, we get to go with him too, right? Oh, there's no question. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll be a disruption with all the drinking and popcorn. <laughs> but, yeah, we got to come too. My only issue mocking Jordan Love here is – I'm lower on him than it seems the NFL is, and quarterbacks always go high, and especially with his potential. I don't see him being here, but it would just make so much sense if it were. And I think Indy would just jump all over this. They give up a minimal pick to get an extra year of control on a guy who has franchise potential all, written all over. Well, I, I would disagree, uh, Landon. I think your initial thoughts are right. A lot of times in recent history, there are a few exceptions. We'll see a guy go top 12. We'll go see him go or they trade in the top 12, or we'll still go see him go at the end of the first round or the beginning of the second. Jordan Love is going to go ninth or 10th and a little higher than we thought, or he's going to go 23rd on. So I, I tend to think I think he's going to be gone. There are a lot of opinions on him, and he is a boomer bust guy, but he has a lot of potential. And right here, if you he were here, I think starting at 26, somebody would trade up and get him because there are teams that are going to just really love his tape. If he's there at 29, you think we pull the trigger? I don't. No, I, 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 don't. I think we're thinking when now. I really do. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we liked him, and it, so it wouldn't blow me away. But I think all we can think about is 2020, Land. I, I would agree, and that's how I mocked it. We're not 
it's not like we're kind of in the playoffs and we're not really com- competitive. We were in the AFC championship game. We held our own for half a game. We're not trying to just keep our level of competitiveness. We're trying to win now. And I can see if they think Tannehill's performance was a fluke and they can groom Jordan Love. You can cut Tannehill after a year so where the second and third year, the guaranteed years, don't become guaranteed. So we can get out of Tannehill after one year, and Jordan Love would give us that option. But it's just so risky when you have what we think is a proven commodity in Tannehill, an offense that was clicking and almost got us to the Super Bowl. There's no reason to risk it at this point. Right. They smell blood. They know they're close. They know this is going to be a really weird season. That might be partial in nature, so it's going to be a gritty, good team. That's going to make me Mr. L. Casey because he's the first guy out of the tunnel when we beat Baltimore. Uh, I'm not going to dwell on that. You could see where they really see the window. We need another corner. We need a right tackle, and uh, we need someone along the defensive line. But I will say this. I think the better likelihood would be they would pray for Easton to be there at 61. That would be a tougher decision, I think. Easton fits what Tannehill is physically and sort of mentally and i just think the idea to have him sit and even for two or three years that would be tempting at 61 stranger things have happened but i don't see quarterback for us at 29 excellent question though john last pick in the first round guys super bowl champion but chiefs loses they're hard to predict what they'll do but they're gonna have a lot of options here i I think they're 40 really good kind of first round grade guys so they're they're gonna have the ability to trade out and get more assets and they're gonna like they showed last year with just going after skill position guys, you can do whatever they want, but I'd feel better about them getting some help on the offensive or defensive line. Who, who do you like for them, Lance? Well, they've already got one honey badger. Why not get another? Antoine Winfield Jr., my top safety in this draft. He's got that same versatility that Tyron Matthew has. He can play either safety position. He can play nickel cornerback. He's a complete player, and the only questions are he had injury issues his first and second seasons in Minnesota, and he's smaller. He's only 5'9". But Honey Badger has shown it's not about how tall you are. It's about how you play. With Winfield, he's got instinctive ball skills. He's got great character. His dad played in the NFL. He killed his interviews. And he could replace Kendall Fuller as the one missing starter from that defense that won a Super Bowl. I think that's really astute because when you take these teams that have big-time offenses, when they make a Super Bowl run, almost always there's a guy that kind of holds that thing together. A lot of times it's a safety or linebacker, they sort of bring everything together. 2006, Indianapolis, they sort of struggled at the end. That was their Super Bowl year because who was the guy from Iowa? Bob Sanders. Yeah, Bob Sanders. I'm asking a guy who was like five years I should have asked a guy who was like <laughs> four years old then. But Bob Sanders brought that all together. Last year, the Honey Badger did that to Kansas City. Where people relied on their stats uh, defensively, but really they sort of gelled and came together and they were bend, don't break. They made it work. Y'all agree with me, right? The Honey Badger was absolute glue for that run on defense. Why not look for that same guy? Very astute, Landon. Who do you like, John, for them? <laughs> it's, you know, it sounds kind of redundant. I'm, I'm not picking the same guy, but I'm picking the same position. I still have Grant Delpit at LSU, and that's who I'm going to pick here. It's a really tough call, though, like you talked about. I mean, they're pretty loaded all around. <laughs> you know, they've got the running backs. They've got the receivers. They've got the tight end. They've got the defensive talent. So, I, you know, another consideration was moving offensive line, but I think – just getting more guys, like you just said, like Tyron Matthew, it's going to make them that much better. And I think Delpit can kind of help there. He's he's really, really physical. And I think that's, you know, I always love guys that are ultra physical. Now, he misses a lot of tackles. And he, 
you know, doesn't have great tackling form, you know, his physicality is something that this team could use as well. I think uh, you see them boxed um, a running back, and they'll have their pick a lot. But I think the best one for me, you guys know how much I love our boy from Wisconsin, but he's not a good fit for them. And I don't think – I think they know they don't need a big-time running back. Uh, they could get younger at tackle. They might reach for an, an Ezra Cleveland or an Isaiah Wilson from, from Georgia. Obviously, there's some good defensive tackles. I mentioned Blaylock and, and other guys like that that may or may not be available here. Pick 32 is traded a lot uh, because there's somebody, one of these guys, one of these teams can't believe one of these guys is left and they just get them so they can get that fifth year on them and, and not have to wait, wait a day to get them. I still have Zach Vaughn on my board. There are questions about his position and his size. And he is kind of like like the linebacker version of like a honey badger where the guy just makes plays and just super productive. So I could see them just finding any jack of all trades because I think honey badger made them a, a believer and they know that they do what they need to on offense. And that's pretty much that, that's pretty much taken care of for the for the foreseen future as long as Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes are there. Guys, real quick, who's the best player left on your board? So the first round is over. Who is going to be the prize of day two? Because what I love about it being separate days, everybody's on the phone calling, how do we get this guy? And those early 30 picks are, are really valuable. It just makes it just more interesting than it used to be because we all have 24 hours to just think about these picks. Who's uh, Mr. 33 for you? So the best player on my board right now is defensive lineman Neville Gallimore. I didn't have him picked in my first round. I think he's a guy that somebody can really like. Another sleeper is uh, Raquan Davis out of Alabama. I think those two defensive linemen are not getting the credit that they deserve after what they do. I love Gallimore. He's going to be really fun to watch. I don't want to compare everybody to Casey, but he's just like really athletic and he can be really good. He might need a little seasoning, but. Landon, who's Mr. 33 for you? Xavier McKinney, safety out of Alabama. I know you guys had him going in the first, and he's my second-rated safety, but his lack of any elite skill or talent, I think we'll push him out of the first round. He's decent in everything, but not spectacular. And safeties are kind of devalued in today's NFL. He's not an elite tackler, has elite athleticism or elite ball production. I don't see him going in the first round. Yeah, I think McKinney will be gone, but you never know about these safeties that can be devalued. He's uh, he'd be a really good player, I would think. We've uh, made a good argument that he'll be a, he wouldn't go past um, Kansas City thirty two, but they do their own thing really and think how they want to and pick what they want, and obviously it's worked out for them very well. Brandon Ayuk is a good player. I don't know as much about, haven't done as much film study about. He's supposed to go in the first. I didn't have him going. He's really productive for years for Arizona State. So he might be Mr. 33 for me. Personally, Jonathan Taylor, I think, is the best player left on the board because of some a few limitations of him and then, of course, the devaluation of running backs. I don't even know if he'll go 33rd, but I think he's going to be the most productive NFL player, in my mind, at least early on. This going to be uh, this going to wait until Friday night. Before I get you guys out, out of here, of course, I have to ask about yesterday's big trade. Gronk is coming back to the NFL. There's so much to unpack here. John, I know you're a big fan of Rob Gronkowski just as a person and personality. We throw out old players coming back and trades and stuff like this all the time, and I make fun of you guys sometimes for that, and y'all make fun of me. I didn't even have this on the radar. I didn't even think about it. It, it makes me feel kind of dumb, John. I didn't yeah. even think about him coming back. You mean Gronk, the wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, I, I didn't think about it either. I mean, basically every everything I've seen from him, like you and everybody else, you know, made me believe that he really put football in the rear view. And I kind of moved on from him about that thought. But 
I guess now that looking back, like you said, we all feel kind of dumb. Shouldn't come as a surprise that Brady and a new change of scenery. Why not bring his most reliable tight end? The, the receiving corps they have down there already of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. and OJ Howard add Gronk to that mix, and they've got a pretty dangerous set. Now, one guy I kind of feel bad for is Julian Edelman. He's probably at home, you know, kind of just like looking at a picture of both of them, like while crying in bed and quarantine. So, uh, well, isn't it like in seventh grade where <laughs> you realize your two best friends are hanging out without you? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's that's what it feels like, and I've already seen some. You know, posts about how Edelman has stopped following Brady on Twitter and you know, just like the childish stuff that we, we look to during a quarantine. So, yeah, I think it's incredibly interesting. Really funny. Um, there was a tweet the other day that talked about Gronk's WWE contract and how as a WWE champion, when they sign that contract, they have to sign and agree to being able to defend that title anywhere, anytime, Anyhow, so I would just love it if somebody were to interrupt a Bucks game because they wanted to challenge Gronk for the title. And with the folding of the XFL, Vince Man still kind of Vince McMahon still kind of, you know, kind of laughing in the face of the NFL. I think it'd be kind of funny. Obviously, that won't happen, but it'd be yeah, hilarious. I mean, Vince Van Man would love to do, um, or at least uh, joke about that, but he's got his legal hands full right now with, um, and I think it was a daring and almost admirable shot at the XFL. But boy. Of all the things, uh, this quarantine timing really hurt. It's the fledgling XFL, but you're right. It is interesting. This guy is playing around as a wrestler, and he's back on what what I think is going to be a contender. Landon, I know you're not as high on what Gronk can give Tampa Bay because of his injury history, but this is a guy that I think will be 31 uh, during this next season if it happens on time. $10 million, yeah, they have that money. They gave up a fourth and got back a seven. For me, Landon, tell me what you think. He was really upset. I usually don't get into the soap opera part of this, but I really think he was upset. This guy, if physically what he's been through, what he went through to be available for them, and they were just going to casually trade him to the Lions. I know it's a business, but it's more than that when you win championships and you give your body like that. He was mad. He didn't want to play in New England last year, I think. And he gets an opportunity to go to Florida and play. I think it's as much as anything just to slap those guys in the face. His year off served him well just so his body could heal. I saw a clip just a couple of minutes ago before you mentioned it. He was on the Fox and he said the trade for him to Detroit had gone through. He got a phone call about it and, he's, and, he, acted, and he said, wait, what? Well, I'm retired. You can't trade me. So he pretty much pulled his own weight and he threatened to retire to mix the trade and keep him on the Patriots. Oh, yeah. And it worked out well because they won the Super Bowl and he got to retire at the top, at the top of the NFL. But it's obvious he wants to continue playing. He had a year to get healthy. He had a year of not getting his body beat up. Assuming with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, maybe O.J. Howard, they're not going to need to depend on Gronk nearly as much as the Patriots did. So production-wise, he won't be anything near to what Pete Gronk was. But when it comes down to crunch time, when they need the big play, when they need that big-time conversion, you know Brady's going to throw to Gronk. This guy's younger than we think he is. I think this year is going to help him rest. Some guys, it's like, oh, he's resting. You're off. Well, football shape is – people get out of shape. But you can lose it and not get it back after 30. Gronk's persona, John, is different from who he is in reality. People are going to say, oh, he needs – this guy's plenty of money in the bank. He knows what he's doing. He plays up his persona. He's a serious guy who was a serious professional. He's going to be fresh. And my guess is O.J. Howard – or Bray, they're not going to need all three of those guys. I expect one of those guys to be shopped or gone one way or the other. 
they're going to leave the other one because they're going to let him be on the field for half the snaps or less the first 10 weeks of the season. This is a play for December, January, right? I think so. And another thing that I'm, you know, kind of is on the back burner in my mind is having Gronk is huge. I think we've, you know, the three of us have talked about OJ Howard. OJ Howard is a potential trading chip. They only had three picks in this draft and they kind of just swapped one out. So I think they're going to want to get some more draft capital. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they don't have another pick yeah. until 76. And, and right. that's, they mm-hmm. need that because that, those where you find guys that can be, you know, starters and that's the second and third round. But even that being said, I think they're going to be hesitant. They might have to, but OJ Howard, not like he's a, he's just such a headache. I mean, he's such a head scratcher, but boy, him and Brady, who knows? I mean, because the guy, to me, he is an all-pro, Hall of Fame caliber, looks perfect in a uniform type. I mean, the guy, when you see him catching passes, it's just like, wow, this guy looks like they should just make his bust in Canton already. But he's he does some bonehead stuff, and then he can look amazing. But right. I didn't want us to take him at five. People talked about him in 2017. I prayed that we wouldn't. He went 10 picks after that. But, you know, remember, he was a lock. He was the top five, top ten pick. Boy, but I think they see the potential, and he could be exactly what they need. The guy is a good blocker, so you're right. They're going to have to find some way to get some extra picks, I would think. Or they just, you know, massively spend after the draft, you know, getting some cleanup guys. Yeah, but... absolutely. And they'll have those guys, you know, willing to come there. Guys, we're going to wrap for today. That's our 32 picks. We are obviously thrilled. We're a day away from the NFL draft. We have more content coming. We have a contest. My favorite chocolate in the world, Chocolade in Knoxville. If you tweet us your bets, U.S.-based prop bets and we're going to come later with a prop bet episode the three of us and our friend jesse and we're going to pick our picks compete with us submit your picks if you're a little confused about how to do it listen to our podcast in the morning make your picks have them by five central tomorrow to our twitter account guys it's gonna be a lot of fun the winner gets a hundred dollar prize pack from i'm telling you it'll be sent to you it's the best chocolate you've ever had Fellas, I'm excited about that prop bet. I can't wait to eat that chocolate. Just get excited. I can't wait to eat the chocolate either. Well, you can eat chocolate. I'm going to eat the chocolate. I'm not sharing. (laughs) I'm winning. I'm winning. Well, we say that, and I I expect Landon to win. But (laughs) we're going to be ready. You guys look for that podcast tomorrow. Follow us. Hey, find somebody that is just super pumped about the draft. Share this with them. Do that for us. We just appreciate you guys. And I'll see everybody tomorrow. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Bye. Bye.